God, we thank you again so much for blessing us with an opportunity to feast at your table, to sit at your feet at the throne room of God and simply take in and absorb that which you have prepared for our hearts and minds this this evening, God. We ask that you will open up our hearts and minds to receive your word with understanding, God. Open our hearts and minds, God, that we may uh, receive clarity We may receive instruction. We may receive your heart and your mandate so that we may know how to approach these matters and these issues that we face are faced with in this life. Not only that we may be better for it, but we may be able to uh, spread this word and teach your ways to others as well as to bring you more glory, honor and praise. So as we come to an end and a close of this series, we pray, God, that you will. Uh, bring a nice ribbon to wrap this up with and that we will be fully convinced and uh, fully ready uh, whenever we leave this world and enter into the next. We thank you for all that you have done, are doing, and will continue to do. We praise you and give you the glory, honor, and praise for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we are now at the end of our series. The series we've been on for a while now is called Sneak Peek because that's exactly what God has been doing over these weeks. He has been giving us a sneak peek into uh, the afterlife. Okay, So we've been going behind the veil. We've been looking on the other side of the curtain to see what is on the other side of this life or the other side of death or the afterlife, what is waiting for us on the other side. And so God has been giving us a glimpse of the afterlife with different prophecies, different scriptures. God has allowed us to get a good grasp and understanding of what the afterlife holds and what we can expect when we're expecting to go. And so what prompted this particular series If you remember or recall, were four different questions that you guys submitted, uh, and those were these here. What happened to the pre-cross Christians who died believing in God or his word, but before Jesus Christ came? Uh, What's going on with the lion laying down with the lamb? What is that all about? Is purgatory real? If so, what is it about? And if not, where does it come from? So those were the three particular questions that we've answered at the end of this particular series. Well, the last question we're going to answer tonight. The last question we're going to answer tonight. And uh, now that we have been given a sneak peek into the afterlife, now that we know what to expect, and now we know that we want to have no parts of damnation. We now know that there is no cessation, there is no annihilation, there is no mediation, there is only separation between glorification and damnation. And none of us want to have any part, anything to do with damnation because like we said last week, once you're in, you're in. There is no getting out. And so because of that, we want to avoid damnation and make sure that glorification is in our eternity. But the fear then of knowing all that you now know, if you've been coming uh, to this particular series, the fear is doing something that would cause me to go to hell. Okay, I don't want to go to hell. Uh, I understand that hell is real. I understand all that hell is because of this series. I don't want to end up in hell definitely for eternity. But what if I do something (laughs) that would cause me to go to hell? Willingly or unwillingly, knowingly or unknowingly, by mistake or on purpose, what if by some chance I end up doing something that would cause me to go to this place that I don't want to go. Well, I remember growing up, I would stay away from horror films, okay? I wouldn't watch, I I wouldn't like to watch them. But the horror films that I didn't like watching wasn't about Jason and 
Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers, those weren't the ones that scared me, believe it or not. Okay? I knew those weren't real. <laughs> I knew Freddy Krueger wasn't going to come up in my dreams one day and try and kill me. I knew that somebody wielding a, a machete wasn't going to go with a ski mask and kill everybody. I knew that. <laughs> so I wasn't really scared of those types of films or shows on TV. No, my horror films were documentaries or TV shows about prison. <laughs> I did not like, and even to this day, I do not like watching shows about prison. Don't like it at all. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she loves those shows for some reason. <laughs> and she will turn it on, you know, locked up, whatever it is. She'll watch it. Why are you watching this? <laughs> Number one, I don't like seeing people suffer. That's number one. But number two, I don't want to be reminded of a place that I could potentially go to. And I remember as a kid being scared of watching these shows, watching these movies that were depicting prison and how prison was like. And I remember as a little boy crying again and sharing with what I shared with my mom. I was crying. She says, Neil, what's wrong? She said, you know, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I don't want to go to prison. And her response to me was, well, just don't do anything that will cause you to go to jail. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Don't do anything that might cause you to go to jail. And you don't have to worry about going to jail. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But what if I accidentally go to jail? <laughs> what if I accidentally do something or unknowingly do something or I make a mistake and I end up going where I don't want to go. I mean, that is a possibility. If you have people in prison right now who've been falsely accused, if you have people in prison right now who've been given a bum rap by maybe corrupt cops or whatever, there's a possibility that this place exists. <laughs> prison is real. And because prison is real and I live in this society, there is a chance where I could end up there even though I don't want to go there. So I can be as careful as I can. I can um, stay out of trouble as much as possible. But what if I slip up? What if I mess up? <laughs> what if I end up doing something that would cause me to go where I don't want to go? Well, that is where this question comes from, because as we've been talking about hell and damnation and lake of fire and all these things about it, you don't want to go there. <laughs> and so you want to make sure that, like my mom said when, to me when I was a little boy, don't do anything that will cause you to go there. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it. But in the back of your mind, in your heart, you may be thinking like I was. Yeah, but what if? What if I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? What if I commit the unpardonable sin? What if I do something in the heat of the moment? What if I do something and I'm not in my right frame of mind or because of the circumstances I'm in? What if I do something and that causes me to go to hell? That is where this question is coming from. So this is the question, the last question that we're going to answer today, the question from Batum is this. In light of all the mass shootings, let's suppose that a gunman held a gun to my head and asked me if I was a Christian and told me if I said, yes, I am a Christian, that he would shoot me in the head. If I deny being a Christian, if I deny Jesus Christ at that moment in that situation in order to save my life, would I die and go to hell or would God understand? That's the question. 
Okay, so let's let's picture this scenario here because it's kind of like the gunman uh, allegory that I usually give for an illustration. I've given it so many times. I'm sure you all know it by now, but let me give it to you again. There once was a church service going on and these mass gunmen, they come in and they say, we are tired of you Christians. We are tired of these churches. Y'all putting a wet blanket over our lifestyle and what we're trying to do and get in our way. We're getting rid of all the Christians. We're getting rid of all the churches, starting off with this one. But we're going to give you an opportunity to renounce your faith in this God of yours and leave this church right now. Or you can stay here and die. The the choice is yours. And so many people begin to get up out of the pews and out of the seats and run for their doors. And finally, the pastor's the last to leave. He closes his Bible and says, Lord, you know, I love you, but I'm not ready to die. And so he leaves as well. And so the mass gunmen, they come to the front. They look around and there's just a few people sprinkled throughout the church. And they say, you mean to tell me that you are willing to die for this God of yours? They say, yes, we're not leaving. And so they take off the mask, they put down the guns, and they say, okay, well, now that all the hypocrites have gone, let's have church, all right? Let's let's go ahead and praise God. (laughs) Now, we hear a a story like that, and it's easy for us to clap. It's easy for us to laugh. It's easy for us to rejoice over that. Why? Because there are no gunmen here. (laughs) There's no mass coming at Believe Church right now. So it's easy for us to do that. But in reality, you really don't know what you would do. <laughs> you really don't know what you would do in that situation. Yeah, you can clap now. You can laugh now. You can rejoice now. But let a gunman come through those doors right now. <laughs> Put a gun to your head and say, we're killing every Christian here. We're killing everybody who names the name of Jesus Christ right now. Then let's see if you clap, laugh, and rejoice. (laughs) It's easy for us to say what we would do in that situation, but you really don't know what you would do unless you were actually in that situation. I don't know what I would do if I were actually in that situation. I know what I should do. (laughs) I know what I would like to do. (laughs) I know what I would hope that that I would do. But I don't know what I would actually do if I was in that particular situation. So this is not a far-fetched question. And the way that mass shootings are happening in churches and schools and malls and theaters and all kinds of places, you very well could be faced with this situation. You very well could be faced with it. And so I think it's important for you to know what you would do in this situation and hopefully you would do the right thing. But you just don't know if you would. So let's go back to that fear of doing something that would send me to a place I don't want to go. Let's say I want to uh, believe in Christ and say that I'm a Christian, but because that gun is in my face, all of a sudden I say, no, I'm not a Christian. What if I deny Jesus Christ, I deny my Christian faith in order to save my life? Does that mean when I die, I go to hell? Now you are understanding where this question is coming from. (laughs) A few years back, many years back, I think it was back in early 2000s, people used to wear bracelets and it had four letters on them, right? (laughs) WWJD. And WWJD stood for, what would Jesus do? Now, I never liked that particular saying, okay? I know it may have come from Christians, may have come from a church, but I really didn't like that particular saying. The reason why I didn't like that particular saying is because it causes you to try to guess what Jesus would do, okay? What's better than what would Jesus do is what did Jesus do, (laughs) What did Jesus do? Because you can go back to scripture, you can go back to the word and actually see what Jesus did do rather than trying to guess about what Jesus would do (laughs) because you might guess wrong. So I really didn't like that particular saying what would Jesus do? I would much rather say, what did Jesus do? Let's go back to the scripture. Let's go back to the gospel and see how he responded to the same situations and circumstances that we find ourselves faced with today. 
But from that particular saying, of course, ABC 2020, they come out with a TV show. And it wasn't called What Would Jesus Do? It was called What Would You Do? (laughs) What would you do? Me and my wife, we love watching What Would You Do? (laughs) And they would have these different situations and these different circumstances. And unbeknownst to the people in the restaurant or on the street, they didn't know they were on What Would You Do? And so they wanted to see what would you do? And they were always asked the people at home and, and uh, watching the TV. Well, what would you do if you were in this situation? Now, it's easy for us to say what we would do from the comfort of our couch. <laughs> that is easy for us to say what we would do watching it from our living room. But if you are actually in the situation would you still have the guts? Would you still have the gall? Would you, would you still have the boldness to do what you know you should do? Maybe you would. Maybe you wouldn't. And if you didn't, would that mistake, would that moment of weakness, would that time of uh, chaos and confusion all around you, would that cause you then to miss out on heaven and go to hell? That is the question. So, what we know is what we should do. If a gunman were to come into this church, if a gunman were to come into your work tomorrow morning, if a gunman were to come to your school, if a gunman were to come wherever, hold a gun to your head and say, if you are a Christian, I'm going to blow your brains out and ask you if you were. We know, we all here know what we should do. <laughs> That is a no-brainer. We we, we should not deny Jesus Christ. We should not deny the Lord. Okay, So we all know what we should do, but none of us here know what we would do. (laughs) Even though we all know what we should do, none of us here know what we would do unless we've been in that. But the question is this. Can we know what God will do? We know what we should do. We don't know if we would do. But can we know what God would do if we don't? Can we know what God will do if we don't do what we should do? Everybody follow me? Y'all tracking with me? (laughs) We know that we should never deny Jesus Christ. But we don't know if we would deny Jesus Christ if we were in that situation. But can we know what God will do with us should we not do what we know we should do? (laughs) That is the question. (laughs) So this is the very last installment of our series, Sneak Peek. Part 7, we are entitling WWDD. What would denying do? What would denying do? Would denying send me to hell or would God understand the situation, the circumstance that I'm in? Now, first of all, I think it's important for us to understand why someone would deny the Lord, even though they are Christian and they know God. If a gun is in their face, okay, it's, un, it's first, it's, it's, it's important to understand why somebody would deny him, deny the Lord. And I think these are the reasons why someone would deny the Lord. Because of our love for life and our uncertainty of the unknown. Okay? This is really the only reason why. Someone who knows the Lord would deny knowing the Lord in order to save their life. It's either because of their love for life and or because of their uncertainty of death or uncertainty of what's on the other side of death, the uncertainty of the unknown. This particular person who asked a question, they said, well, it was actually my my teenage child who asked me this question. And, of course, they heard the the first uh, report of the Columbine uh, school shooting where that particular shooter went to that particular little girl, that student who's a Christian, asked her if she was a Christian. She said yes. He said why? And he shoots her dead. 
and knowing that and understanding that this could be a, a possibility to, to him, he asked his mom this question. What if I deny Jesus to save my life because I still got a lot of life to live? I mean, I want to grow up and I want to get my driver's license and I want to graduate and I want to go to college and I want to find a wife and I want to have kids and have a family and I, I want to do all these things. There's so much life that I still want to live. And so would it be wrong of me? Would it be bad of me to deny knowing Christ so I won't get shot so that I may live the life I love? One of the reasons why someone who knows Christ would deny Christ is because of their love for life. Or in other words, it is a bad case of FOMO. Y'all know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. Okay. Fear of missing out. If I say that I'm a Christian... If I say that I'm a believer and they shoot me dead, then I would have missed out on life. I would have missed out on graduating and college and, 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 and finding a wife and having kids and doing all the things I wanted to do and get out of this life. I would have missed out on life if I tell them that I'm a Christian. Now, while these experiences are great, <laughs> While all these experiences are something God wants us to be able to experience as long as we're in this life, all of those experiences are means to an ultimate end. They are not the end goal itself. Okay? Whether or not you learn how to drive and you graduate and you go to college and even you find a wife and have some kids, those are all means to an ultimate end, an ultimate purpose. Those things are not the end goal itself. That, that is not what this life is all about. And that's why you don't find graduation in heaven. You don't find growing up in heaven. You don't find marriage in heaven and having kids in heaven. Why? Because all those things would have been done away with because they had a purpose for this life and this life only. Well, you're saying, well, that's, that's my point. That's the point I'm making. If I don't experience those things now, I will never be able to experience them. Because none of those things are found in heaven, just like you said. So if I don't get to experience them now, I will never get to experience them. Listen, just because you may miss those things doesn't mean you will miss those things. (laughs) Just because you may miss those things, graduating, getting married, having kids, doesn't necessarily mean that you will miss those things, okay? When you get to heaven, okay, and you experience what God has for you in heaven, the things here on this earth will be compared to watching paint dry, okay? (laughs) When you compare the things of heaven with the things of this world, no matter how great you think they are, When you compare those two, it will be compared to you watching paint dry. (laughs) That is the comparison between the experience on this earth and the experiences that you will receive and have in heaven. Let me give you some examples according to God's word concerning this. Matthew 19, 29. In Matthew 19, 29, this is what Jesus said. He said, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my name's sake. Please know why you're losing those things. (laughs) Anybody and everybody who misses out on life. Anybody and everybody who misses out on the things of this world, houses and family and wives and children and whatever else, anybody that misses out on those things, he says, for my name's sake. 
Because you claim to be a Christian because you would not deny me before men and somebody took your life. Anybody who misses out on this life, he says, shall receive a hundredfold. <laughs> shall receive a hundredfold. You say, well, that's salvation. No, it's not salvation. Why? Because he says, and inherit in eternal life. God says, on top of you receiving salvation, on top of you inheriting eternal life, I have for you a hundredfold of what you missed out in this world because you would not deny me. God is saying you won't miss a thing. You don't ever have to worry about missing out on anything because anything you lose for my name's sake, I'll have a hundredfold for you. 1 Corinthians 2.9, we all know this one, but 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, but as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God says you can't even begin to imagine what I have for you on the other side. I mean, if whatever you see, the, the greatest things of this life, the greatest things of this world pale in comparison to what I have for you. You can't even dream what I have for you. Your best dream pales in comparison to what I have for you. No eye has ever seen it. No ear has ever heard it. Nor has it even entered in the heart of man what I have for you. You will not miss out on a thing once you get to heaven. Romans 8.18, Romans 8.18, Paul says it this way, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, if the suffering can be compared to the glory, <laughs> and he says even the best things of this life, can't even be compared to the glory we're going to receive. It is not even in the same ballpark. It's not even the same sport. Okay, <laughs> What you experience in this life cannot even be compared to what you will experience in the life to come. And that's why in Philippians 1.21, Paul puts it this way. He says, for me, or for to me, to live is Christ. And to die is what? Gain. To die is gain. To die is not a loss. To die is not a step back. To, to die is not, oh well, it's too bad for me. No. Paul said, actually, to die is to gain, not lose. But if I live, watch this, if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Paul was in a dilemma. God had already taken Paul up into the third heaven. He'd already seen things that he says are unlawful for him to even try to describe on this side. And so he's at a dilemma because he's saying, I, I want to go back. I want to be with Christ, but I also want to be down here for you guys. And I can't choose which one that I want more. He says, for I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is worse. No, which is a little bit better. No, somewhat better, uh, which is far better <laughs> for me to depart and to be with Christ is far better <laughs> than living in this life. Living in this world, no matter how good this world is. But he says, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. <laughs> he says, look, the only reason that I'm even contemplating this, <laughs> the only reason I'm debating this, the only reason I'm going back and forth is, between this is for your sake. If I stay here in this life and in this world, I get to teach you more. I get to reveal to you more. I get to instruct you more so that you may be there as well. But please make no mistake about it. Had it not been for you, I'm out of here. <laughs> 
I am not trying to hold on to this life. I'm not trying to hold on to anybody of this life. I'm not trying to hold on to anything of this life. For me to die and to go to be with Christ is far better than anything of this life. Anything. So the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, and that includes FOMO, (laughs) fear of missing out. No, God has not given you that spirit either. You don't ever have to worry. You don't ever have to wonder. You don't ever have to be afraid of missing out on life because you decided to name the name of Jesus Christ. Even if it costs you your life. So we deny the Lord due to those two reasons. Either our love of life or our fear of death. Those are the two main reasons that will cause a person who knows the Lord to deny the Lord if in that situation. Either because of their love for life or this life or because of their fear of death and neither should be the case for the Christian. Neither of those two things should be the case for the Christian. You should neither love this life so much that you're willing to miss out on the life to come And you shouldn't fear death. In 1 John 2.15, John would say it this way. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. God tells us through John, do not love this world nor the things in this world or the things of this world. And he says, if anyone loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is like what Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. (laughs) You can't serve two masters. Either you'll love one and hate the other, You'll despise one and cling to the other, but you cannot serve two masters. And if you are so in love with this life, if you're so in love with this world, you won't love in God. However, if you love God so much, you won't then try and cling and hold on to this life. But it's one or the other. It cannot be both. But again, it's not only the love of this life, it is also the fear of death. But the fear of death should not be in us either. In Revelation 12, 11, the Bible says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. These people who are mentioned, these saints who are mentioned in Revelation They are mentioned because they did not love their lives even unto death. In other words, they were willing to give up their life for the sake of eternal life. We don't need to fear death because of what we believe about life and more specifically about the afterlife. That's why uh, Paul says we don't want you to sorrow like those who have no hope. (laughs) Now, When we lose a loved one, we're going to mourn. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with mourning. Jesus even said, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So absolutely nothing wrong with mourning. Absolutely nothing wrong with crying, with having sorrow. God says, I just don't want you to do it like those who have no hope. (laughs) That's the only difference. Cry because you will miss them. (laughs) Cry because you're used to being around them all the time. But don't cry for them. Isn't that what Jesus said on the cross? If you're going to cry, cry for yourself. Don't cry for me. (laughs) And if your loved one has died in Christ, died knowing the Lord, you may cry, but don't cry for them. (laughs) There's no reason to cry for them. It's like I was watching this one comedian. He's an atheist comedian, I guess. I guess you have Christian comedians and you have atheist comedians. (laughs) And this particular comedian, he's an atheist, he began to make fun of Christians. And I didn't like what he was saying, but after a while, I, I let it sink in. It's like, you know, he may have a point. <laughs> but what he was saying is, if Christians really believe the Bible, if Christians really believe what they preach, 
then they wouldn't be acting the way that they do when somebody dies knowing God. They act just like anybody else. They have no hope. <laughs> they, they, they feel their world is crumbling and falling apart and I can't believe this. Is if you truly believe that to die is gain, if you truly believe that God has prepared a place for you, if you truly believe that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, then why do we act the way we act when a loved one goes to be with him? That was the question he was asking. Again, we're going to mourn, we're going to cry, we're going to miss him, but we should not be acting like the rest of the world who has no hope on the other side. If I were to tell you, guess what, guys? I'm moving to Fiji. <laughs> All expense paid vacation to Fiji. And guess what? Even after the vacation, I'm going to stay there for the rest of my life. It's paid for. Now, you may be sad because you will miss me. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be sad because you miss me. But you're not crying for me, are you? <laughs> I'm going to Fiji. <laughs> I'm living for Fiji for the rest of my life. I'm in a good place. That's how you respond. You will be sad because you miss me. You will be sad because I'm no longer here. But you will not be crying for me. It's like, man, I can't wait to get to Fiji. <laughs> what if I told you that, that the guy who, who bought my plane ticket and is paying my expenses, he wants to take all of y'all to Fiji one day. Now, I don't know when he's going to take you, but he's going to take you. What would you be doing? Ooh, I can't wait to get to Fiji. <laughs> I can't wait till my time is up. That's how we should be acting. <laughs> that is how we should be responding. But we don't. Do we believe God's word or don't we? Do we believe that to die is gain or don't we? Do we believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord or don't we? Either we believe God's word or we don't. And if you believe God's word, the fear of death should not be in you. If you believe God's word, the fear of death should not cause you to want to deny knowing Christ. There is no reason for a Christian, for a believer to ever deny Christ. There's no reason for that. But the question is, what if we do? <laughs> Now, I hear you, Pastor, and that makes sense, and I understand that, and I know, again, what I should do, but my question was, what if I do deny him? What if in the heat of the moment, what if in the time of, of, of the conflict, and I end up denying him? I forget all of this, and I forget to die his gain, and I forget what God has for me, and I forget all that, and I end up denying him to save my own life. Will God understand? Or am I destined for damnation? Well, the loss of life isn't the only threat that we have in this life when it comes to either denying or acknowledging the Lord. It's not just the loss of life. You don't just have to have a gun up in your face to be faced with this situation. There is the loss of money. <laughs> there is the loss of reputation. There is a loss of clout. There is a loss of job. There is a loss of relationships. There are a lot of things that we can risk losing in this life should we acknowledge that we know the Lord and the Lord knows us. It's more than just you having a gun in your face. It's more than you just losing your physical life. It's losing any aspect of your life. So guess what? We have the potential or opportunity to deny him every day. God will place you in situations and circumstances where you will have the opportunity to either acknowledge him or deny him every day. And if you have never denied the Lord, you're a better man than anybody else in this room, okay? Because <laughs> I would raise my hand and say, I've denied the Lord. I've kept him to myself. I've put the lamp under a bushel, under a bowl. Because I didn't want the, the attack. I didn't want the rejection. I wanted to be included with, with the family and the friends. I wanted to be included in the conversations. I wanted to be invited to the parties. I didn't 
want to be made fun of. I didn't want to have names and, and all this. And so I denied him. You don't have to speak the words. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, Lord. You don't have to speak those words. All you got to do is keep it to yourself to save some aspect of your life. When God is telling you to do something, God telling you to say something, you say, no, I can't do that. You are denying him in order to save some part, some aspect of your life, whether it's your job, whether it's relationship, whether it's reputation, whether it's money, whatever it is. You are not willing to let the other know that you are a believer out of fear of what you might lose. Every day we have the opportunity to deny him. And if we deny him with aspects of our life, to keep aspects of our life, then we'll deny him to keep our actual life. You cannot tell me... (laughs) That you're afraid to let somebody know you're a Christian because they may make fun of you, because they may laugh at you, because they may call you names. But if somebody held a gun up to your head and asked you're a Christian, you would say, yes, I'm a Christian. You can't convince me of that. You're not willing to stand for truth and righteousness because you may lose a friend or they may make fun of you. But you're going to convince me that if somebody held a gun to your head, you're going to acknowledge Christ? There's no way. There's no way. If we're not willing to lose aspects of our life because of our acknowledge of God, then how do we think we would be willing to lose all of our life <laughs> because of our acknowledge of God? So God then give, gives us these warnings. He gives us these sobering reminders. That's why we said we don't have to worry about what would Jesus do. What did Jesus do? (laughs) What did Jesus say about these things? And he gives us a few to consider. In Matthew 16, 24, Matthew 16, 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says this. If anyone desires to come after me, let him do what? Deny himself. So God says, yes, there ought to be some denying going on, but the only denying should be you denying yourself. (laughs) You denying, you have all these people acting like they're falling after God, acting like they're disciples of Christ, but they're not willing to lay down their life. That is what Jesus said. If you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, you must be willing to first deny yourself and take up your cross. A cross is whatever we bear for the cause of the kingdom. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. God says, I'm headed for the cross. You sure you want to go? (laughs) I'm going to the cross. You sure you want to follow me? That's where I'm going. (laughs) And so make it up in your mind. If you're not willing to deny yourself, if you're not willing to take up your cross and follow me, then you can forget about being my disciple. He says this, for whoever desires to save his life will actually lose his life. But whoever loses his life for my sake, the Bible says, We'll find it. And then he gives the scripture that we all know. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So, yeah, you deny me to keep your life. But what did you gain by doing that? You deny me to keep some aspect or area of your life. But what did you really gain by doing that? Then in Matthew 10, 28, he says this. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God says, if you're going to fear somebody, (laughs) don't fear the one who all they can do is kill your body. That's all they can do to you. 
The worst thing man can do to you is kill your body. That's the worst thing they can do. God says, I have the power to destroy both your body and your soul in hell. Now, which one are you going to (laughs) fear? Out of the two, man or God, which one are you going to fear? And the reason why we will deny knowing the Lord is because we fear man more than we fear God. We figure, well, God understands. (laughs) God loves me anyway. I can just go to him after it's all said and done, after the gunman leaves and say, oh, God, you, you know what's up. You, you know we're still good. You know we're still tight. I can do that with God because he'll understand. Not according to this scripture. <laughs> In Matthew 10, 32, if you jump to verse 32, he says this. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. But watch this. Here it is. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Do you realize that salvation is the ultimate hookup? (laughs) Salvation is the ultimate hookup. In other words, you don't get in because of who you are. You get in because of who you know. (laughs) It is the ultimate. You ever try and get into a club or some exclusive place? You got in because of who you knew, right? They were willing to vouch for you. They were willing to say, yeah, I know him. Let him come on in. That's that's heaven. That's salvation. You don't get in unless Jesus vouches for you. (laughs) You don't get in unless Jesus gives you the nod and say, oh, yeah, Father, I know that one. Let him in. You don't get in without that. And so Jesus says, if you confess me before men, then I will confess you before my father. But the opposite is true. If you deny me before men, don't look for the hookup when you get up there. <laughs> don't, 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 look, don't, look for the, don't look for me to vouch for you if you weren't willing to acknowledge me before men. It is a sobering thought, it is a sobering reminder that Jesus gives us Concerning who we fear most. So what would denying do? What would denying do? Would God understand or would I be damned? What would denying do? Would God understand Or would I be damned? If only there was a story where this happened. If only there were scriptures we could turn to and go to where this actually happened. Can y'all think of any? Peter, exactly. (laughs) This is the exact same situation Peter was in. (laughs) God comes to the disciples. He says, look, I'm about to leave. I'm going to be handed over to sinners, to to Gentiles. I just want to let y'all know that. He tells them that a few times. Peter stands up and says, no way, Lord, Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. I don't care if I have to go to jail. I don't care if I have to die. (laughs) I won't let this happen to you. (laughs) Peter was saying that because there was no soldiers around. There was no Sanhedrin around. (laughs) No officers around. Because the moment they come, the Bible says that the disciples scatter. All the disciples flee from Jesus. And Peter begins to follow, but he begins to follow from a distance. (laughs) He doesn't get too close. Why? I can't be seen with him. (laughs) Let me follow, but let me follow from a distance. (laughs) And even when he gets there, they say, hey, weren't you with him? Oh, now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't me. No, no, you're thinking of somebody else. Later on, yeah, you were with him too. I saw y'all together. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> the little girl, yeah, you were with him. Your, your speech gives you away. <laughs> he cusses her out. <laughs> He's denying God so much. I tell you, I don't know the man. And as soon as he does that, the rooster crows. And Jesus looks at Peter's eyes. Can you imagine that look? (laughs) Can can you imagine when the two locked eyes after that? 
Can you imagine how Peter must have felt in that moment when he denied his Lord in order to save his life? But here's the thing. All of them got another chance. All of them got another chance. All of them denied him. All of them ran from him. But all of them would get another chance. How do we know that? Because all of them except one would die a martyr's death. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) All of them would eventually be willing to give up their life for the sake of the gospel. Give up their life for the sake of the kingdom. All but one. John, he was exiled on the island of Patmos. He was the only one. They tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die. So they exiled him on the Isle of, of Patmos. But everybody else was willing to lose their life for the sake of the gospel. And many after them with the inquisitions and the great crusades and they were feeding Christians to lions and burning Christians at the stake. There were many after them who were also willing to lose their life for the sake of Christ. Many even today on the other side of the world, they're losing their freedom. They're losing their homes. They're losing their loved ones. They're losing their churches. They're even losing their lives. They're having their heads cut off because of the sake of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is going on. It is happening. And it may even happen to us as well. As we get further and further into this end time prophecy, we're going to discover one thing, and that is God promised to keep us from the wrath to come. But that was the wrath of God that he was talking about. He said nothing about the wrath of man. And there's a lot of Christians out there just hoping for rapture before it really gets bad. (laughs) I think before it really gets bad, Jesus is going to come back and take us out of here. Try telling that to your Christian family members on the other side of the world. Hey guys, don't worry about anything before it really gets bad. Jesus is going to come back and rescue us. What do you mean before it gets bad? They're chopping our heads off right now. (laughs) We're losing our homes and our churches and our freedom right now. What do you mean before it gets bad? How we become so spoiled in America (laughs) thinking somehow we would escape the wrath of man. God never promised that we would escape the wrath of man. He promised we would escape the wrath of God. And that is the difference. So we don't know how much of the end times we will see. But we could very well see what's going on in the Middle East happening on the shores of these United States of America. And so you need to know, what would you do? What would you do if you are faced with the same circumstance and situation? Thankfully, we have this story to see that, yes, even though these men denied the Lord, even though Peter denied knowing the Lord three times, he wasn't damned. He was restored. He was given another chance. God's mercy and God's grace was there for him. And thank God for that. Thank God that God didn't strike me dead. Thank God that that he didn't send me to damnation when I denied knowing him to keep my reputation or to keep whatever I was trying to hold on to. Thank God he gave me another chance. Thank God he gave me more boldness. Thank God he gave me more courage. So that way, next time when I'm faced with a similar situation, I won't deny you this time, Lord. (laughs) I don't care who knows that I'm a Christian. I don't care who knows that I'm a believer. I won't deny you again. He gave them another chance. And I believe that anybody who is truly saved, truly a believer of God, God will give another chance. God will give another chance. Listen, church, I love my life. I love my life. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my church and my calling. I love living in America, the greatest nation there ever was. I love all the amenities and benefits and blessings that come with it. I love my life. But there is no thing and no one Worth me denying the one who died and defeated death for me. No one. No one. No thing. 
I am not trying to hold on to anything or anybody. No one and no thing is worth me denying Jesus Christ, not even my own life. You say, well, man, pastor, that's kind of cold. That's that's kind of harsh. That's kind of callous. You know, what about your family? Yeah, I'm sure my family would miss me. (laughs) I would miss them if if God were to call them home. But they're going to be all right. I will see them again. They will see me again. It's not cold and callous. Well, who's going to take care of him? If, if you're gone and you're going to be with heaven, yeah, you have it great, but who's going to take care of him? The same one taking care of them now, God. <laughs> the same one that is taking care of them right now. <laughs> Listen, we are just the resource. God is the source, and he never changes. So I don't have to fear losing out or missing a thing if I decide to acknowledge Jesus Christ before men. And neither do you. In actuality, I don't really believe that it's the denial itself. It's what the denial may reveal. You know, hell is reserved for one reason and one reason only. For those who reject the revealed truth that God has given them. That's why people go to hell. You don't go to hell for your sin. Because Jesus Christ took care of that. You go to hell for the rejection of what Jesus Christ did. So any truth that God gives to you that you reject, that's why you will be in hell. So I don't think it's not, it's so much the denial, it's what the denial may reveal. And if you deny him at that moment, it may reveal that you really don't know him. Now, I'm not saying that that's always the case. I believe that there could be some Christians, some believers, out of a moment of, Weakness or fear or distress, whatever, may deny knowing Jesus Christ. Because like I said, we've all done that in one way, shape, form, or another. But do you realize this is what the mark of the beast is going to reveal? Do you realize when we get into it further in this end time prophecy, this is exactly what the mark of the beast is going to reveal? Because if you don't take this mark, you die. Not only can you not buy, not only can you not sell, can you not function, can you not eat, can you not live, but you die if you don't take this mark. You have all these mega churches around, <laughs> all these thousands of people claiming that they're Christian, claiming that they love the Lord. Wait till they are faced with, okay, take this mark then or you die. Let's then see how many actually continue in Christ. Because that's what the mark of the beast is going to reveal. Because if you don't take it, you die. And so I can understand this threat. I can understand this temptation to want to hold on to your life. And I believe it's possible, even like Peter, in a moment of weakness, a moment of fear, a moment of distress, he does something he thought he would never do. Remember, just... The day before, he was saying, I will never do this. And now he's actually doing it. So don't ever say what you will do or won't do. You don't know what you would do if you weren't in those situations. But I do know the grace and mercy of God who covered Peter's mistake, who covered Peter's denial. And Peter never denied the Lord again. Matter of fact, Peter was the one who opened his mouth up for the very first time to begin the church. And God used him powerfully to add thousands to the church. And Peter, like the rest of the disciples, would eventually give his life up for the sake of the gospel. So even if it's only disappointment at best and not damnation at worst, I do not believe denying him should even be an option for us. In light of what we now know, denying the Lord should not even be an option for us. Y'all remember that uh, story of that cruise ship captain who ran that ship, uh, hit some rocks, it tipped to the side. What did he do? He got off the ship, right? <laughs> he ran. <laughs> no, the, the captain is supposed to be the last one off the boat, right? If the ship goes down, he better go down with it. No, well, he denied his responsibility. <laughs> 
He denied his duty to save his own life. (laughs) And those next three years, he said, I felt like I've been through a meat grinder from the pain and the turmoil of what the media has put me through. And he ended up being convicted. Ten years for the manslaughter of all the people who died, five years for causing it, and one year for abandoning his post. You may be tempted to save your life in that situation, but the question is, at what cost? At what cost would it be if you save your own life at that time? So my challenge to you and God's challenge to all of us this evening is that we have the testimony of those in Revelation 12, 11. Do not love the life that is more than the life that is to come. Because that's what denying would do. Amen? Give the Lord a hand for his word, if you will, please.